0: I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to think yourself slim. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. Listen in to find out how. good everyone. I've been looking forward to today's episode because it's such a game-changing part of approaching weight loss the smarter way instead of the harder way. So that means taking into account your second brain. Your what? (laughs) Yes, your second brain. I'm sure most of you didn't even realize you had a second brain. That's right, you have 2 You'd think that if you want to understand the brain, that the brain would be where those answers should be but it turns out that the body has a second brain, the gut, and that the gut has powerful influence over everything from your mood to the moment-to-moment function of your brain, and it's a long-term risks for degeneration and disease. You have about 90% of your serotonin receptors in the gut, serotonin being the key mood-stabilizing hormone known as the happy hormone. And it turns out serotonin also has a role in regulating your sleep, eating, digestion, and of course, your metabolism and weight. So there's the mental health component of gut health, and there's a the physical health component, which has to do with things like immune function and digestion. Now, I know that when I start to talk about specific parts of your brain and body and the science of weight loss, it will sound like. A total snooze fest to lots of you. So I'm going to do my very best to break things down today around today's topic into layman's terms because it really is fascinating and it has so many practical applications for how you approach your weight loss once you get past the density of some of the jargon. So stay with me on this one and I promise I'll make it worth it. With so much concern about bacteria and infections amplified by the coronavirus, this topic is even more timely. A lot of your immune system is in your gut. Especially now we're leading highly sterilized lives. And the idea that you can inoculate yourself with worms or parasites or other bacteria is going to fly in the face of conventional wisdom around health, right? (laughs) That's probably going to be news to most of you because typically we still think of all germs being bad and that sanitizing everything until we're as squeaky clean as Mr. Clean is the way to go. But it turns out that that is wrong. What the research is showing now is that over-sterilization of our environments, along with over-sterilization of our guts, with antibiotics, and those kinds of things, has actually had the effect of making us more susceptible to infections and disease. Which is not to say that bacteria can't be threatening to your health. But what's happening is that the paradigm of bacteria being bad is being broken. And instead of thinking of bacteria as being good or bad researchers have been looking at what causes bacteria that is harmless and even helpful in one person to rear its ugly head in another person and cause some serious damage diseases and infections manifest differently in different people and there's a reason for that it's not random that one person can be asymptomatic and another person can keel over and die and so we want to become more well-versed in what those differences are. Just because you know the name of the disease you have doesn't mean you understand what's wrong with you. And that's what I believe is wrong with the model of medicine that is based on the practice of diagnose and adios. A lot of the time when we leave the doctor's office with a diagnosis and prescription, that's the end of the road. Especially if they have told you that you should lose weight that doesn't tell you anything about the cause we then aren't equipped to see and understand the lifestyle and nutrition factors at play in both the cause manifestation and treatment of the disease i was listening to dave Asprey on his podcast bulletproof radio and he's one of my go-to's when it comes to biohacking health which is just a cool way of saying optimizing your health <laughs> and he is just an awesome authority In that space and anyway he was talking about this article he came across in the wire and the title read you are surrounded by a cloud of fart and skin bacteria (laughs) did you just tilt your head sideways i know i was like say what (laughs) but basically what the article was saying is that you can actually sequence the air in the room that someone has been in and two hours after they've been in there you can actually identify the person who's been in there if you have their microbiome signature. Isn't that insane? So the seat of our microbiome is our gut, but we're carrying it all around with us, and no amount of hand sanitizing is going to get us around that. Our microbiome affects the microbiome of our environment and vice versa. And that can actually be a good thing because when you improve your microbiome, that can improve the biome around you and therefore the microbiome of your family or the people you come to contact with. You can transfer good things just like you can transfer bad things. The transmittability of healthy gut bacteria is something that's being looked at more and more. Like people who have dogs are known to have more diversity in their gut microbiome and specifically diversity in terms of healthy bacteria point being, though, that we really don't have all that much control over who we exchange microbes with. We don't live in bubbles. (laughs) We live in one collective bubble called the earth. Although, I did see this meme that was like, 1980, I bet there will be flying cars in the future. 2020, and it's just a picture of this orchestra of bubble boys and those plastic bubble contraptions. (laughs) But for all our social distancing efforts, I don't think we're quite there yet. (laughs) We don't live in hermetically sealed bubbles. The trick, then, is to have a resilient system. That's what's bringing the gut into focus in this episode, because you can use your gut almost like a drug. The literature and research on this and the overall role of our gut in our health has exploded in recent years. And that's something that I've been absolutely fascinated with. It's at the forefront of something called functional medicine. And it's something that I've taken interest with as I look for ways to take the struggle out of losing weight for my clients. When you understand how to restore the health of your gut, it's so much easier to create a healthy mind and a happy body. Okay, so what exactly is the gut microbiome? The gut microbiome is an ecosystem, not unlike a rainforest. The whole name of the game is to keep the forest thriving. And when we lose certain types of flora, that's when we start to experience different kinds of diseases. This happens because of things like C-sections, antibiotic use, our diets, especially when they're high in sugar and processed foods, pesticides that are being sprayed all over our food supply, like glyphosate, and so on. All of these things are disrupting our gut microbiomes. And what we know is that the bacteria growing in our microbiome actually trains our immune system. The way I'll get you to understand how a properly functioning gut works is by getting you to imagine a coffee filter versus a strainer for like noodles or vegetables, those kind of things. There's this one cell layer called the endothelium that divides the inside of the intestine, so where the food is and all kinds of other things, and that determines what should come into your body and what shouldn't. In a properly functioning gut, the gut functions like a coffee filter. It will only allow the passage of liquids, minerals, and the components of digestion. So amino acids, glucose, and fats. Right, all of that is what it allows through. When there has been damage to your gut because of things like improper nutrition, chronic stress, remember, that communication between your brain and your gut, and antibiotic use, it's as if holes are being poked through the filter. And the gut lining becomes more of a strainer than a filter. So that then exposes your body to partially digested molecules from food or bacteria or a fungus. Like a couple of escaped spaghettis through that strainer, right? (laughs) Which produces a condition known as leaky gut. This is where things that shouldn't be getting into your body are getting into your body. Your immune system patrols the border of your gut. So when it discovers the escaped spaghettis at the bottom of your sink, (laughs) i.e. the food particles, it attacks them. When your immune system becomes hyperactive, it can create food sensitivities to commonly eaten foods and even become an autoimmune disease. The gut microbiome has been linked to everything from diabetes to autoimmune disease to Alzheimer's to cancer to obesity to autism to asthma to fibromyalgia and the list goes on and on. It's a long list that starts to sound like a pharmaceutical disclaimer. When you have stuff leaking in that isn't supposed to, you start to feel not so good. So you might experience fatigue or brain fog or joint pain or congestion. When you're eating foods that you don't even realize you've become sensitive to and you have leaky gut, this leads to inflammation and fluid retention and as a result, often weight gain. It's so important to know this because you might put yourself on a particular diet or be restricting your calorie intake and still be struggling to lose weight because you're still ingesting certain foods that have become toxic to your body because they activate your immune response. When you remove those foods, weight loss happens naturally along with a cascade of other health benefits. Diet and environment has such a big impact on your microbiome. That trying to eradicate a particular species of bacteria is less relevant than thinking more holistically and saying, what can I do to heal and strengthen my gut, right? create that stronger system, and what's the bacteria I want to be adding in through the food that I'm eating and the supplements that I'm taking. So we're talking about probiotics and prebiotics especially. There's so much that I could get into. But in this episode, we'll cover the top factors from both an immune perspective and a weight loss perspective, which are blood sugar regulation and stress reduction. Okay, so first things first, blood sugar regulation. Lack of blood sugar regulation means that your body can't turn on the power in the mitochondria to ward off threats to your health. The mitochondria being the part of your body's cells that turns on the energy you get from food into energy that the cell can use. Think about it this way. If your body is having to divert resources to regulating your blood sugar spikes that are out of control, it's not spending that time and energy on these other things like fighting off disease. Makes sense, right? Okay, so what dysregulates our blood sugar? This may not sound like something you have to pay attention to if you don't have diabetes or prediabetes, but it's so important that you understand how this works because Blood sugar and insulin imbalances cause everything from a little bit of belly fat to those much more serious health conditions. The primary culprit is obviously sugar and anything that converts to sugar in the body. So, we're talking about carbs, especially starchy carbs, processed carbs, and gluten containing whole grains. To stabilize your blood sugar, you have to unjunk your diet of these foods that we know upset the balance in your gut and that cause inflammation and raise your blood sugar levels. We're often talking about doing a detox here, and then gradually reintroducing the food back. That's where you get those aha moments where you're like, oh, I didn't even realize how much better I feel off of dairy or sugar or gluten. It becomes so much easier from there to reduce and even eliminate some of those foods from your diet altogether. A lot of the time, we don't necessarily attribute things like fatigue or joint pain or asthma to our diets. We only realize the impact our current diet is having on us when we bring some changes to it. Detoxing creates this window of awareness into how hard your body is really working to break down some of the food that you're feeding it. And I get that detoxing can sound like this really intimidating process. It can seem like it will ask a lot of you. But if you go into it prepared, and you put some real thought into selecting recipes with interesting flavor profiles that you know you'll look forward to eating, and you don't let the slip-ups derail you, it's just phenomenal to realize that what you put on your plate can be more powerful than anything you will ever find in a pill bottle. Most people don't really think about what's in their food besides calories. What they put on their plates, they tend to think of more in terms of whether they think it could cause them to gain or lose weight. And a big part of what I do with my clients is untether that word diet from weight loss. Diet isn't just about weight loss. That's a very reductionist view of it, especially when we're thinking just in terms of calories. Diet means the way that you are feeding yourself, whether that's in the short term or in the long term. And when you give some thought to what's behind that, it really isn't about trying to fit into a skinnier pair of skinny jeans. It's about programming your health. What you put on the end of your fork is programming your body's health and your brain's health for either health or disease. So wouldn't it be worth it to put some thought into how you want to be programming your health and what different foods can do for you, right? Especially if you're at risk for certain diseases or contending with one or you're struggling with your weight. You don't want to just be feeding your taste buds. You want to also be taking into account how your body needs and wants to be fed. And you want to understand how the bacteria in your gut wants to be fed. It's not just a question of taking a probiotic and calling it a day. What your gut likes is all those polyphenols, which are micronutrients that are chocked full of antioxidants, and the colorful dark rainbow of chemicals that are in plant-based foods. Certain types of berries and so forth work like miracle grow when it comes to that rainforest you have in your gut. What you're eating determines whether you're going to be growing a forest of Charlie Brown Christmas trees (laughs) or a healthy forest that can actually take care of you. It's a question of figuring out what the foods are that contain a high concentration of anti-inflammatory, detoxing, and blood sugar balancing properties and making a conscious effort to integrate them into your diet. This information is out there. It's not hidden. It's in recipe books, books written by doctors and nutritionists, it's on Pinterest. I don't want you spending any time in confusion over what to be eating. If you're feeling some overwhelm or want the extra support, the Genius Body Transformation Challenge and my one-on-one program, Think Yourself Slim, are where it's at. Now, besides blood sugar regulation, what you really need to be paying attention to is stress reduction. Stress is at the root cause of pretty much all disease. Ask someone how they handle their stress, and for most people, you'll recognize very quickly that their stress is actually handling them. (laughs) Getting stressed is a part of life, but whether you stay stressed is absolutely up to you. It just may not seem like you can do anything about it because you've probably never been taught how to do something about it. Stress means the release of the stress hormone called cortisol. Cortisol is acidic, so it affects your body's pH balance. Again, let me remind you that the brain is in communication with your second brain, with your gut. They are in communication through what is called the vagus nerve. It is a superhighway from your gut to your brain. When acids accumulate, the body neutralizes them using buffer systems like the gut. But when these systems are overloaded, the body borrows alkaline minerals from vital organs and bones to help dissolve the acidic compounds and eliminate them. Over time, this can lead to things like osteoporosis. And then when you take a closer look at what's happening inside the gut, when stress and anxiety is being communicated down from the brain, essentially your body starts to mobilize for threat, goes into fight or flight which hijacks your digestive system, flushes it with acid. Because who really cares if you're able to digest your sandwich properly if you have to fight off a puma, (laughs) right? I've said this before, but remember, it's as if your body lives in a cave. It doesn't know what the threat is. It doesn't see outside of you. It just registers that you are processing something that is appearing to you as a threat. And it operates as if your literal survival is at stake. Stress equals definitely could be a puma or a lion or a tiger or a bear. (laughs) You could be drinking all the $20 kale smoothies you want, but if you are not digesting and metabolizing those nutrients properly because stress is diverting your body's resources away from the rest and digest functions of the body towards fight or flight functions, you're not being as healthy as you think you are. Diet isn't just what you put into your body. It's what you do to feed your mind. And that's probably one of the most commonly overlooked dimensions of health. What are you doing for your mental fitness? What are you doing to relieve your stress? When you're worried about your physical health, so many of you are tossing your mental health out the window. This happens all the time when people want to lose weight. This is happening all the time around coronavirus. When you learn how to relax your mind, your brain communicates that relaxation response down to your gut, and your body's health is able to improve and become more robust. And when the gut begins to heal, you're able to experience more well-being, since that's where so many of your serotonin receptors are located. It's this virtuous cycle. It's easier to lose weight when you're doing something about the stress and the struggle up front rather than hoping for those things on the back end of a weight loss result. That's where getting coaching makes sense. That's where having a mindfulness practice in place makes sense. That's where something as basic as planning your meals ahead of time or writing down your thoughts and goals makes sense. If you want to get on top of having a powerhouse of a brain and body, the health of your gut is something you really need to be paying attention to. Alright, so that's what I've got for you this week. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode and have lots of valuable takeaways. Please do remember that all of this information is for educational purposes only and that this is not a substitute for qualified medical care. If you want to take some of the guesswork out of figuring out which foods to focus on, get 30 days of products that will help you cleanse and want a step-by-step goof-proof weight loss system that takes into account blood sugar regulation and stress reduction, definitely, definitely, definitely come check out the next Genius Body Transformation Challenge. A new challenge kicks off on the first of every month, so be sure to get in there now so you don't have to wait another whole 30 days to get into the challenge, into the tribe. I would love, love, love to see you in there. Take care for now. I'll talk to you all again very soon. Hey, if you're ready to see your body change from the inside out, join the next Genius Body Transformation Challenge. 30 days that will take the struggle and confusion out of weight loss. It's been known to help people just like you start losing weight in a way that you can actually keep it off. Just click on the link in the show notes and let's start a transformation today.